Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. How are you today? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Turn to three folks, look them right in the eye and tell them whatever you did this weekend, you look better. Just go ahead and tell them right there. You just, whatever you did, it, the, the, the Botox worked well, whatever that was. Yeah, just all that stuff. It's so good to see you today. My name is Scott Thomas. I'm lead pastor of Free Life Chapel in Lakeland, Florida. Lakeland is that little spot between Tampa and Orlando, if you don't know where that is. And, uh, but we get to hang out there. And one of the reasons I love TC Church is you guys look like the church that I get to pastor uh, because you all also let brown people come. Where, where are the brown folks in the place? Just wave at me. Hey, how you doing? Gloria a Dios. Dios le bendiga. Right, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm married to Puerto Rican, so just just hang with me here. I just said, yeah, whoa, yeah, Boricua. All right, I got you, I got you. Hey, burrito chimichanga. That's about the extent of my Spanish, all right? And, and y'all let black people come in here, too. That's a good thing, too, right? Yeah, yeah. And even white people are allowed. Even white people can come. This is what heaven's going to look like right here. This is exactly what free life looks like, and we have a blast every Sunday, and it's so good to be right here with my friend, and you're a rock star leader, Pastor Brad Livingston. You guys have got one of the best. I'm telling you now, this guy loves Jesus and loves you. And he's cool as he can be. I've, I've got follicle envy. I'm not man enough to grow a beard like that. I can't get that to happen. And like, he just got it all groomed and everything, but uh, he, he looks great. And more than that, his leadership is solid right here at TC. Where you are and what God is about to do with this church, uh, you're not even ready for what's on the way. You're just not even ready for the party and the breakthrough and the blessing because understand whatever God does for this place, he's doing for your house. And so is anybody ready for an upgrade in your house? Anybody ready for something advancing in your world? Yeah. Well, it's coming to your house as well. So, uh, Pastor Brad, I love you. Thank you for your friendship, your love, your strength, your encouragement to me. We talk on the phone every so often, and what he doesn't know is I'm taking notes and I'm ripping him off. So stuff that you all are doing, we're now doing at Free Life Chapel too. So it, it works both ways. So very, very grateful for, uh, for his relationship in my life too. And I've got to say this. I love uh, the overseer, the, the, the apostle of this house, uh, Pastor Dan Livingston. Uh, that gentleman right there. Uh, I love him. He is my brother from another mother, as is said. We usually hang in camo a lot together. We are like total redneck to the bone there. There's that side of us. And some stories we can't even tell uh, in that. We just kind of keep it between us. But he's been a friend that's walked me through a lot of things in my world, counsel, wisdom, encouragement, love. And truly, God puts people in your life, very few, but a handful that will stick with you closer than even family will sometimes. And that's who that man is to me. And Pastor Dan, wherever, there you are. I love you, sir. I honor you. Thank you for your friendship and your brotherhood in my life. I'm a better man because of you. One more time, would you put your hands together for Pastor Dan as well? So good. So how cool is your church, man? You guys are doing a series called Sushi, Sex, and Subtitles, and I happen to love two out of the three. I'll let you decide which one of those are, but I'm just saying it's like, that, that's like a cool title right here, dealing with relationships, uh, which are really, really important people. How many know that, man, we can, be, we can have a lot of issues in our life? Just wave at me. Just go ahead and admit it. If you've got issues, wave your hand at me. Yes. Uh, uh, ladies, if your husband did not raise his hand, elbow him right in the ribs as hard as you can right now. Make sure he wags a foot or something. Uh, we, we start our issues early. We start them early. Uh, it, it, like there, so there's a little thing called a toddler's rule of possession, like the little guys. Anybody got toddlers in your house? 
<laughs> I'm praying for you because here, here's, here's what I do. Here, so here's how a toddler thinks, all right? Uh, if I like it, it's mine. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on, it gets worse. It, it, if it's in my hand, it's mine. Uh, number three, if I can take it from you, it's mine. Well, here's another one. If I had it a little while ago, it's still mine. Well, here, here's another one. If, if it's mine, it must never, ever appear to be yours. It, okay, if I'm doing or building something, all the pieces are mine. If it looks like mine, it's mine. If I saw it first, it's mine. If you are playing with something and you put it down, it's automatically mine. And here's the best one. If it's broken, it's yours. A toddler, man, they, they've, they've got life together. They, we, I mean, we do not have to teach our toddlers, our kids to be selfish. They, they come pre-wired for that. One of their first words is, mine not mom or dad mine they, they learn quickly and, and 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 can i tell you they never recover that stuff stays in them and they grow up into teenagers and then they grow up into young adults and they become old adults and they still have selfishness just like you and me this stuff runs all through us and it wasn't something that jumped on you when you were a teenager it jumped on you early on you've been carrying it it's been in you since the beginning and we've got to learn how to deal with these things because here's what I know, selfishness is a cancer that destroys relationships. I want to talk about that today as we're talking about relationships. Uh, it's important that we just kind of do an introspection. The Bible speaks heavy to this. Do you realize that eight out of the ten commandments that God gave us all deal with relationships with other people? Eight out of the ten. In other words, God has a massive opinion about our relationships. It's not just loving Him and then treating people like crazy. He said, no, in fact, the way you treat people this way is going to affect how you and I relate. That we, we have to know how to relate and in order to relate with other people, that means we don't always get our way. We have to deal with that. And I want to talk about that today because selfishness is a, a cancer. And so here's why we're dealing with this. And here's why I believe Pastor Brad brought this on because the quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have right relationships, you can't even enjoy what you've got. You can have a great job, a great car, a great house, promotion on the way, all that stuff. But if you're going home to a house of hell, you can't even enjoy that. We've got to make sure that relationships are solid. In fact, I would even flip it. You can be low on resources and not have the career that you want right now. But if home is healthy and laughter's in the hallways, you are a blessed person in your life right now because there's peace and joy there. That's, that's exactly what relationships are supposed to be like. So let's go and let's, let's begin to jump in and look at, at God's perspective on this. I mean, we can get perspective right from the very beginning, right from jump. Genesis chapter 2, uh, we see where God has made all the earth and then he makes all the animals animals and all that good stuff. And then he comes and he makes man and he realizes, okay, man needs a counterpart. He, he's got to have somebody got to, got to, got to get his boo. You understand? Where's my boo, Jesus? And so God's going to get, and so Genesis chapter two uh, begins to talk about how he makes Adam, makes Eve, and listen to how God describes them. The original marriage, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. They ate sushi and read subtitles every day of their life. That's kind of, that's, okay, that's my version. But, but they, they were both naked and they felt no shame. This, this, this verse is, is more than just, oh my God, what's it? it? There's a message behind this. And I want you to understand naked. What, what is that telling us? 
When you read this property, it means that there is nothing separating us. They wore no clothing for sure, but, but it was beyond that. It's there is nothing separating you and I. Adam and Eve, they had all things understood. Eve knew Adam before coffee, and Adam knew Eve when the sales went off and she didn't get the price that she wanted. They, they knew each other like they were fully open. There was no secrets. They were vulnerable. Uh, they knew the raw and the real of each other. They were open. They were honest with each other. And it says not only were they naked, but there was no shame. In other words, not only do you know me, but I'm not embarrassed by the fact that you know me because you have you accept me. You love me. You have grace for me. You give me room to keep growing. You don't have a scorecard that you pull out and use against me later on. I'm secure in your presence. There's nothing like that. And God said, this should be the model that we're shooting for in our home where we're fully open with each other and there's no shame. I feel safer with you than anybody in the entire world. That's what God was setting up. But what happens? Adam and Eve, you know, God said, eat from any tree in the, gar uh, in the garden except for that one. What did they do? They went and they ate from that one and they pulled the apple off, right? And so, so they ate the all that kind of thing. But what they did was they rebelled against God. And when they push back on God's plan, the relationship began to fragment. Watch this. It's amazing how we treat God determines what happens in our home because when they push back on God, all of a sudden the Bible says their eyes were open and they realized, wait a minute, we're naked. I don't like this. I'm insecure now. And the first thing they did after uh, eating this apple and communicating with the serpent and being deceived is they went and they sewed fig leaves together and they put clothes on. The first thing that happened when they rebelled against God is they put barriers between them and their relationships. They started creating hiding places. I don't want you to see me. I don't want you to get that close to me. I know we've been married for 20 years, but there's some things I don't want you to know about me. And we're still trying to impress our spouse, even though we live together. We're still trying to live a world. You know, we get caught up in trying to live up to the highlights on Instagram when it's not even real. Nobody can live that. But we're still trying to impress people with our world. So they begin to sow fig leaves. They're hiding from each other. And then the second thing they did is then they ran and they hid from God. The Bible says that God came looking for them in the garden and God, Adam, where are you? They're, they're hiding from God. The second thing, that first thing that happens is when we go into a pushback against God is it separates us from those that we love. But the second thing is we start pushing back from God. We isolate from our relationship with God. It breaks things down there. And then the third thing is when God finally got with Adam and even the garden, what happened? They started the blame game. God said, why, 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 are you, why, are you, why are you wearing clothes? Well, I noticed I was naked. Well, how, who told you you were naked? It's her fault. And all of a sudden, Eve goes, wait, 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 you don't understand. There was this thing that crawled up in the garden, and it was his fault. And they're trying to shift blame. Nobody wants to take responsibility for what broke down in the home. Because whenever we have rebellion against God, it destroys our relationships with people. It separates us from God. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves playing blame games and keeping scorecards and trying to outdo each other. This is what happens when we walk this out. But God's got a plan. Because marriage is wonderful. I've been doing this thing for 25 years. I'm still jacking it up. But I'm working on it. I'm still working on that. I, I'm married a Puerto Rican, as I said. So that makes me a little bit special. I'm married a Puerto Rican. I'm a gringo. And together we had a gringo Rican, right? And so that's kind of what happened. That's how it rolls. And, and we're, we're loving life. But, but man, in our world, mixing two cultures, how many you know that can create some fire? Oh, yeah. Just, just take my word for it. I have people ask me, when, when, when you and Cindy get into, uh, we don't have arguments. We just have intense fellowship. 
When you have those moments, when you have those moments, does Cindy start talking to you in Spanish? Does she go off on you in Spanish? I say, oh, no, 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 no. She speaks the most perfect English she's ever spoken in her life so I can understand every word she said. She doesn't want anything left out. A marriage, it brings its stuff that we have to work through. It, it, it can be tough. In fact, that's why the Bible says Paul, who wrote in the New Testament, he, he wrote, listen, if you can do it, please do not get married. That's what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. In fact, listen to what the word says. Verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 28. Those who marry will face many troubles in life. And all the married people said, ooh, that was a good amen right there. I felt that. It's okay. It's reality. God said, I don't want you shocked or surprised by it. Tough times come because that person is going to see you and know you more than you even want them to see and know you. They're going to know the reality. How do you know that if you really want to know a person... Ask their kids. Kids tell it all, right? Because they're in those houses. So relationships are tough. But how we deal with it, either selfishness or selflessness, will determine the quality of our home. And I want to lean in. I want to talk to you about this today because you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself so that we can get this thing right. Because you and I, I know we think if my spouse would just listen to me, I know how this needs to happen. I know how we need to handle the money. I know. It's like, I, 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 me, me. You, we got answers for everybody, right? Except for ourselves. But Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says this. There's a path before each person that seems right, <laughs> but it leads to death. There's a view that you and I have on the whole situation that seems right to us. But I'm here to tell you right now, some of the opinions and the thoughts and the answers that we have had have actually led to death. It's not helped, it's hurt. But, but because we get so focused on ourselves, we think we got the answers and things come apart. And so we start living to win instead of serving. Let's talk about that. I heard about this couple that was driving through the country together and they got into a, a, an argument. I know you've never had one of those, but that's where there's this, this disagreement between two people and things get really tense and tight. And have you ever had one of those disagreements before where all of a sudden it just went stone cold in the place, like a cold breeze just moved in the place and nobody's saying anything? It's like it, it, the rule, there, there's rules to fighting. Like the person who talks last seems to have won. I got the last word in. But you know that when you've had a long period of silence, the first one to talk loses. And so this couple, they're driving through the, the country, and, and there's been this stone-cold quietness in the car, and nobody wants to talk. And finally, it's the, the man knew something's got to happen. They're passing this barnyard, and there's a bunch of donkeys and pigs out in, the, in this, on this farm. And, and so the man, just he's just still boiling, and he turns to his wife and goes, Hey, are those your relatives? And she fired back, but just like women do, goes, yes, my in-laws. Some of y'all will get that about lunchtime today. It's okay. I, I'm just saying, the, it, it's amazing how we fight, isn't it? You, you know the fights you have. There's, in this room, there are people that go silent when you get upset. It is just stone cold silent. Others of you want to talk it out. No, we are going to talk until this thing gets done, and you're going to chatter all night long until you get some resolve. Some of y'all suck your teeth and roll your eyeballs. I understand because I've been down that road too. We all have these things that we do that when we look back on them are kind of embarrassing. Mine! Like these little kids, like these little childish things coming out in us. We got to deal with that because James chapter 4, verse 1, listen to what God says about our relationships. He reads our mail. Do you know where your fights and arguments come from? They come from the selfish desires that war inside of you. Fights and arguments are because of the conflict in me. 
There's a war in me between am I going to love and serve or am I going to win? And we're always trying to dominate. That self-centered side of us is always trying to get on top and be the man. Or you ain't no man going to talk down to me. Whatever the issue is that we get into and we're pushing back and we're fighting to make sure I need respect. Don't you know who I am? Mm. And we walk in with all this kind of, and, and, and it's destroying because the conflict inside comes out and it creates arguments all around the place. You see, we got to stop justifying the selfishness that we live with and realize that I've got some stuff inside of me that's got to be dealt with. Here's the winning attitude we've got to live with. If we're going to deal with it, we've got to go with this route. And here's the mindset. I'm going to treat my selfishness as the main problem in this marriage. Instead of trying to fix somebody else, instead of trying to push somebody else into the mold that you think they should live in or, or the actions that they think you should do more of this and do more of this and do less of that and you should, 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 should. Instead of pointing all the fingers, say, stop, time out. I'm going to treat my selfishness from this point on. My attitude in this house is my selfishness is causing the biggest problems in this house. And the moment I take responsibility is finally the moment I can actually begin to change some things. Because you see, as long as I'm blaming, then nothing changes until they change. And so I have no control over the situation because the truth is I can't control anybody. However, if I will assume responsibility, I, it, the things I take responsibility for are the things that I can change in life. And when I stop being so self-centered and start being my wife or my spouse-centered, everything begins to change because she responds different in my world. If you understand what I'm saying, shout, oh yeah. And so here's what we have to do when we hit those moments. I've got to give up, give in, and give all. I've got to give up, give in, and give all. And that sounds weak, but I want to, I want to point out to you the power behind all this because surrender is the key to defeating selfishness. Surrender. Who am I trying to impress? I've been married for 25 years. Uh, I have screwed things up quite badly in 25 years. I'm still learning. I don't know anybody who has got this thing down. My mom and dad have been married 54 years, and my dad has royally jacked some things up in that marriage, I promise you. My mom has too. My wife has too. We, we do that because we're humans. We're people. We struggle. Anybody else struggle besides me? Anybody else struggle besides me? Oh, y'all gonna make me do this by myself, aren't you? I said, does anybody else struggle besides me? Yes, yes, yeah. Thank you for admitting. We all have issues. Turn to five folk. Just admit it. Turn to five folk. Tell them, I still have issues in my life. Go ahead and just admit it. Tell somebody, because we all know it anyhow. We all know it. And if you didn't say anything, I want to bring you on this platform and make you admit your issues today, all right? So, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not doing that. Surrender. Surrender is the key to defeating selfishness in my life. And it's critical that we do this. Listen to how, how do I surrender? How do I go? How do I, how do I, how do I give up, give in, and give all? Here, here's, here's point number one. I've got 32 points, so write these down real quick. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's four. There's four. Watch Number one, I've got to deal with me. I've got to deal with me. You know you. Have you ever, you ever just been so frustrated with yourself that you walked up and you looked in the mirror and you went, <sighs> you ever been there besides me? I hope I'm not the only one. Like, <sighs> Scott, can you get it together, man? Come on. Have you ever been arguing and you knew you were wrong, but you were not going to let up? 
Oh, you see, that's called conviction, just moving into place right now. Yeah, me too. I, I've had the little demon here, the little angel here. No, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yeah. And it's just like, it's just roaring. It's just raging. And I got this booming voice. Scott, you better shut up now. You better shut up now. I wish you'd just quit it now. It, it was heaven. I didn't realize it was heaven. But man, I just kept on going. Kept going. And I just jacked things up. And so I used my voice and I overpowered my wife. And so I knocked her down. I destroyed her for the next four days. And I couldn't even enjoy my victory. Because I spent the next week and a half apologizing, repenting, building her back up, pouring the life in that I just sucked out of her, having to pour it back in her because I destroyed my own house. We, we, we've got to look and realize there's some things that I can change. I've got to deal with me. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says this, do nothing. Do, do how many things? No, 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 help me. Do, do how many things? And all the Spanish folks do Nada, that's right. Do nothing, do nada from selfishness or empty conceit. Do nothing. You see, the way that I kill selfishness is it has to be starved. You can't flip a switch and fix it. It's not handled in one weekend. When you and I realize I, my selfishness is the challenge, the greatest issue in this relationship, it's my selfishness. I've got to take responsibility. I've got to deal with me. When I feel that thing rise up, I've got to push that thing down. I've got to find a way to overcome it, but I've got to starve it day by day, decision by decision. It's got to be a brand new decision every day. I've got to deal with me. Number two, number two is this. I've got to fight for second place. Fight for second place. No, no, should not not be for first place. No, first place is what killed my marriage. I was fighting for first place. Second place is the highest level that I am scripturally allowed to serve in in my house. Second place. Number one, my job is to honor God with my entire life. Number two is to pour everything I can into my wife. My wife should be a better woman because Scott has been in her presence. My wife should feel stronger, more secure. She should laugh harder. She should feel safer. She should feel that she's completely surrounded with hope and love and life and joy and strength. She should feel that every day of her life. That is my God-given call in life. Well, I don't like that. Well, Paul told you you shouldn't get married, but if you're going to, then this is what we got to do. This is exactly what his word says. That's why Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33 gives a man's number one desire in life and a woman's number one desire in life. He took the guessing game completely out. You want to know what it is that drives her, that makes her fully alive, that brings a brand new woman out that you've never experienced before? The Bible says this in Ephesians 5 33. Husbands, see that you love your wives. That word love means to bring security, to bring strength, to bathe her with your words, to tuck in the corners. Let her know I am ain't got no boo on the side. I don't have no side hustle going on there. You can check the history in my, on my computer. I'm not checking things out here. I ain't flirting with nobody at work. It's you and me, girl, against the world. If you leave me, I'm following you. Whatever, however, we got to go around this thing. It's you and me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Whenever she feels that, oh, beast woman comes out of this lady, right? Something new. And when that woman steps up, a security, a strength, the joy, dreams start to happen. What happens when a woman is secure? She then fulfills the second part of that. That verse, husbands, see that you love your wives, and wives, see that you reverence, respect, or honor your husbands. Ladies, can I tell you something? The, your husband's number one desire is to be respected. I just want to know that my wife honors me and respects me. And when I feel respected, I will do anything when she honors me. I will even do dishes. 
No, I'm not even kidding. I will even do. And she goes, you're the man, Hercules, Hercules. All of a sudden, I find myself with dishpan hands. I'm washing dishes because she celebrated the dishwasher out of me, man. Listen, up inside your husband are two different things. There's a fool and a king, and the one you talk to is the one that's going to come out. And so I encourage you today to celebrate. I know he's got issues. You do too. We all in our issues, but how I treat them determines what speaks back and what comes out. And so we start a cycle of security, respect, security, respect. I'm going to honor you and love you and secure you. It's you and me against the world. Well, if you do that, boo, I'm going to have to publicly celebrate you. Now, you know, I'm going to be going, okay, go ahead and bring it on, bring it on. Bam. And we've got this cycle of giving in our home instead of depleting in our home. We fight for second place. Philippians 2 says this, with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. With humility of mind, regard the other person. Think of them higher. How can I serve them? How can I make their day more joyful? Can I shoot them that text message they weren't expecting? Let me take care of the laundry today. I got you. How can I serve you today and let you know you're primary in my head and my heart? Number three. Serve others with priority. Priority. They, they get, she gets, he gets the best of my thoughts and my intention. Philippians 2 verse 4, watch this. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Are the needs of my wife prominent in my world? Again, my job is to love God and serve Cindy. Love God and serve my life away to make her everything she needs to be. By the way, by the way, it's her job to serve me. You see, when we have a cycle of giving and serving and sacrificing, no one is losing out. Something amazing begins to happen inside the home where God begins to exhale inside that house and blessing begins to increase and flow inside of our world. It's a game changer, ladies and gentlemen. I've experienced moments of this. I still mess some things up, but together when we keep working and we understand, we can turn these things around. So serve with priority. And number four, this is a final one here. Follow Jesus' example. This is a big one. Again, Philippians 2. Listen to what these verses say. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. So watch this. If he's saying have it, that means you and I can decide to have it or reject it. So you and I pick it up, put this on, take on the attitude of Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. In other words, he didn't keep a scorecard of, don't you know who I am? You ought to be serving me. Mm -mm, I'm emptying that. I've got, Jesus had greatness. He was God. He, he's God himself. But I'm going to humble myself because that's what it goes on to say. It says, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Humility destroys selfishness. There's two ways to get to humility. The first one, humble yourself. The second one, I can be humiliated. I much prefer to humble myself. I've eaten humble pie before. It doesn't taste good at all. And I like pie, but that one is really bad. I hate when I get humiliated. So Jesus says all through the word, humble yourself, humble yourself, humble yourself. I choose second place. I choose to serve with my life. 
I choose to recognize selfishness when it's trying to speak through me because selfishness is going to destroy this home because here's what God's word says. Gentlemen, 1 Peter, it actually tells us this. The way that you honor and secure and speak to, celebrate your spouse, determines if I'll listen to your prayers or not. In other words, God says relationships and this marriage means so much to me. If you don't honor her, it's going to mess up my relationship with you. There's going to be something in the way. That's God's word. I, didn't, I don't get to make that up because I've got to live by it. Have you ever found those verses you would like to rip out of your Bible? Yeah, me too. But you got to leave it all in there because it all goes together. It's his plan. It's his way. He happens to know what he's talking about. We've got to do it his way. So watch this. Let me finish with this. Selfishness, it destroys our homes. It destroys us. It separated Adam from Eve in the beginning. It isolated both of them from God. And they got evicted from a place of blessing, a home that was considered a garden where promise and blessing was flowing. That was Eden. They lost it all because of selfishness. But surrender. Surrender restores what we lost. Surrender is what unites our marriage, unites our relationship. Surrender is what unites our, our relationship with God, His plan, His will, His way. It's not my way, it's His way. I will surrender to His way. I, it will reunite us. And then surrender also restores my home to a place of blessing. Would it be okay if God just exhaled blessing inside the hallways of your house? A breeze of joy and laughter and peace. You see, here's the deal. Some of us in this room, we didn't come from a home that was full of unity and joy. We didn't see parents treating each other with this love and respect but you got to understand it's your watch now and as the word says as for me and my house we turn in some things around in here I'm not going to start a legacy of tore up homes of falling apart no we're changing some things there's going to be love in this house and joy and laughter we're going to do what the Bible says so I can experience what the Bible promises I want everything God said but I've got to do it God's way to get his blessing in my life I want that flow in my world and ladies and gentlemen when we do that we start living the promise he said would you stand to your feet please I want to pray with you today I know in a room like this this many people that there's relationships that are that are in tough places I understand I've been there but I believe today can jumpstart a brand new season for you in your home let's pray father today thank you for your love and your direction your mercy and your grace on our lives I pray for my friends in this room relationships today God who might be tense and struggling and and difficult and God there might even there might have even been discussion of this isn't going to work but God, I pray that today we're not going to settle into irreconcilable differences, but we're going to reconcile the selfishness in our lives so that we can humble ourselves and come back into love and unity and serving, celebration, honor, respect, a oneness. Today, God, I pray a healing in homes. I pray that you would help melt our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray you would rush through the hallways of our hearts and you would bring a peace and a rest and show us the way out of the turmoil and the difficulty. And you would help us to establish a legacy of blessing and joy and laughter in our homes. Our kids are watching. Our kids are going to mimic our world. So God, help us today to build our home on your word that we can have every promise that you said. I bless homes and marriages in this room today. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you, Pastor Brad. Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Scott. A little better than that, guys. Put your hands together. I love you, Pastor. I wanted to... I, I, I was so... Im, 
one of, one of the things that just shook me in that is I can, I can tend to be selfish. I know that blows all of your minds. I can be selfish. And the point that stood out to me the most, Pastor, was I'm going to fight for second in my home. And Pastor Dan was just telling me, he talked to a, someone that was in our first service today, a guy that was walking out of the hallway, and he said, I, I, don't, I don't know who that preacher is, but I want you to tell him that today he saved my marriage. Because I've been trying to get my wife to make me first. And instead, I'm going to start fighting for second. And he, I, from what I can gather based on the testimonies, he was, he's saying his marriage was over, but God is restoring hope to that marriage. And can we give it up for what Jesus does in our life whenever he comes on the scene? So, Pastor, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because when we have better homes, we have a better church. And when we have a better church, we can reach people that are far from God. But today, I, I want to talk to you just for a second as we wrap up today. Some of you are here right now, and, and, and you do need all of the things that Pastor Scott talked about. But before you can have a better work relationship, before you can have a better remote, romantic relationship, before you can better, have a better marriage even, you, you've got to have the foundation that all of those things are built on. And today, I'm here to tell you that that foundation, that hope, His name is Jesus. And if you're in this room today and you've walked in and, and maybe you've never even been in a church service or maybe you grew up in church or maybe you're just somewhere in between, but you've walked in and you've carried shame and you've carried sin and you know where you are right now isn't right with God, I'm here to tell you today that God is here to meet you. And before you can have a better marriage, you've got to have a better relationship with the God that can restore and heal your marriage and today if that's you we want to pray for you and so I'm going to invite all of you to bow your heads and close your eyes in this place and if you're here today and you're saying Brad I'm just so tired of my sin I'm tired of shame I'm tired of walking around with this brokenness and I'm, I'm tired of feeling incomplete. I know I need something different. I also know that this sin in my life is holding me back and I'm ready. I am ready for God to give me a brand new beginning. And if that's you today, you're ready for a fresh start. You're ready for the slate to be wiped clean and you're ready to give Jesus your whole life. The beauty of the gospel is this, that your sin is something you can't pay for and I can't pay for. But Jesus went to the cross and when he died there, he paid for my sins when I couldn't pay for them myself. And today, if you want that sin to be forgiven, you want a fresh start, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to the count of three. And if you're ready to say, Jesus, I'm ready to give you my life and I'm ready for a fresh start. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand up when we count to three, all right? And I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. Neither is anyone on my team. We just want to pray with you today, and we're believing God's going to give you a fresh start, all right? I'm ready for a new beginning. One, two, three. Just raise your hand in this place. Say, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready for a fresh start. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Like I said, we're not here to embarrass you. We just want to introduce you to a Jesus that's ready to start you all over again and give you a new beginning. Is there more that wants to join these? Say, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready. I want Jesus in my life. Awesome. Awesome. Maybe you're watching us online right now, and you're saying, that's me, Brad. I need it. I need it. I want God to give me a new beginning. 
Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer. And hear me for a second. This prayer doesn't make you saved. Putting your faith in what Jesus did on the cross, that's what makes you saved. Saying, Jesus, I believe in you and I'm giving you my life. That is what makes you saved. But we're going to pray this prayer to put words to the actions of our heart that says that Jesus is making you brand new. And the whole church is going to pray with you so you don't pray it by yourself. So church, let's pray today. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you're ready to give me a clean beginning, a fresh start. So Jesus, I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, can we give it up for everybody today that made Jesus their Lord and Savior? We celebrate with you and we are so excited for you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.